Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. Today on Vitality Radio, I'm going to be taking on the narrative of COVID-19 and what is being said by both the experts in power as well as the other experts. It's an interesting debate. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I think that now is a really, really great time to do a review. We're back into the fall. It's late October, well, mid-October, I guess, at this point. Halloween's around the corner. Then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. This is the season that we usually talk about as the flu season. And now it is COVID season part two. Maybe? We don't know exactly, but what we do know is a whole heck of a lot more than what we knew six, seven, eight months ago when all this stuff first erupted, both here in America and beyond. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about what's being said, what isn't being said, what's being censored, and what is being allowed on media outlets, including social media, all of that stuff. Very interesting And there's some new studies out specific to COVID, specific to mask wearing, specific to increased death rates here in America compared to what was expected at the beginning of the year prior to the emergence of COVID. And I'm going to go through all of that because now we have evidence of whether or not we're doing it right. So we're going to talk about that a lot. I think you're going to really enjoy it. I think it should be eye-opening to you, depending on how much time you're spending digging into this stuff. It's a fascinating pile of information for sure. I'm also going to be talking about a few things that I have had recent, uh, recently had conversations with listeners saying, you need to talk about this more. It's changing my life, that sort of thing. So I'm going to go into that in the second half of the show. In the first half of the show, we'll talk more about COVID and what's happening right now in America and whether or not what we are doing is actually having an impact. If you like what you hear, please go tell somebody. This podcast has been up for about 10 months. We have really gained a lot of listeners over that time. We've had lots of positive reviews, but there are um, billions and billions of people who don't even know we exist. So I would love to have your help in spreading the word. Share it with your friends, family members, enemies, uh, political rivals, whoever you want to share it with. I hope that they will find that the information contained within Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast to be helpful for them. Okay, so that is where we're at. We're going to talk about COVID, the latest information that there is. Some of this stuff that I'm talking about literally came out in the last two days, and I think it's going to be fascinating, and it is mostly going to be contained within The Vital Rant. 
In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, so got a few headlines to share with you. And then, of course, my commentary on this. Uh, Before I get into it, I want to make a little disclaimer to say two things. I do not represent anybody but me when it comes to the views that I express on Vitality Radio. I do not expect you to listen to, okay, I hope you'll listen to me, but I do not expect you to take what I say as gospel truth and roll with it. I do what I do on Vitality Radio to give you an alternative view to a lot of the things that you probably have just taken at face value throughout your life when it comes to medicine, health, nutrition, vitamins, supplements, pharmaceuticals, and so on and so forth. My goal is to help you understand that there are other options out there that you may not have been aware of, and sometimes the things that I say can be quite controversial. They are things that I believe are true. They are things that I have researched in significant depth, let's say, and I've spent a lot of time preparing the show every single week. That doesn't mean that what I say is right for you, and it is certainly not a uh, reflection of what the radio station that I'm on, 1280 The Zone, necessarily believes. This is all about me and the things that I believe and that I think you need to hear. But please, go research it yourself, because the biggest single problem, I believe, with health in America is that we just often do as we are told. We don't look deeper. We don't dig to find out what's actually right for us and our families. The apathy when it comes to health care is a big part of the reason why, depending on who you ask, 40 to 60% of Americans are sick enough that they would be considered comorbid if they were to die from COVID right now, meaning a lot of us, around half, are sick, chronically ill, and we've got to fix that in this country for a variety of reasons that extend way beyond COVID-19. So my goal, again, to enlighten, to inform, you get to take it for what you'd like to take it, And uh, I just appreciate you giving me a listening ear. So thank you so much. Let's jump in. 20% rise in death rate, mostly because of pandemic, according to Kathleen Doheny. Now, this is a little article that she wrote, but it's based on an article or a report in JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Associations, which is considered one of the most prestigious magazines when it comes to medical journals in this country and in the world. And what it says is about two-thirds of excess deaths this year, 2020, are attributable directly to COVID, while deaths attributed to other causes could have been related to the pandemic in general. For all of 2020, that could translate to 400,000 excess deaths. Now, just really quickly, The excess death number basically looks at the history, what happened in 2019, 2018, 2017, what people are dying of, uh, what is circulating in terms of illness, and so on and so forth. 
They take their best shot at the beginning of the year and say, this is how many people are probably going to die in America this year. And generally, they're pretty accurate because the trends are what they are. And usually there isn't some big disruptor like COVID-19. This year, there is a big disruptor and nothing, nothing is ever disrupted like COVID has in any way, shape or form uh, when it comes to uh, the overall disruption that COVID has provided, at least not in any of our lifetimes. And so when they say that for 2020, it looks like we're going to have 400,000 excess deaths, that means 400,000 more people than it was suspected would die based on the research back when this whole thing started. So if two-thirds of those excess deaths are attributed to COVID, then that's about 266,000, leaving about 133,000 excess deaths attributable to something else. Now, very early, I believe it was April, in this process, when everything started getting locked down, I talked about collateral damage and what that might mean in terms of the lockdowns. What what would happen to people that didn't get sick from COVID, or at least that didn't die with COVID? How would the lockdowns impact them? Well, we know a lot of things changed. Hotlines were lighting up for domestic violence, for suicide, and so on and so forth. Mental health issues have seen a significant increase. Anti-anxiety and antidepressant drugs are being prescribed at a higher rate than ever before previously. On top of that, we know that there's something close to a $16 trillion impact on the economy. And whenever the economy suffers, whenever jobs are lost, people die. Even in the JAMA report, it says that while they don't know what the extra 133,000 deaths are, they may be also attributable to the pandemic, quote unquote, in general. So, yes, people are dying from COVID, but people are also dying from the measures taken to prevent people from dying from COVID. It's all been kind of a jumbled mess in terms of, you know, what we're doing and how we're doing it and whether or not we're doing it right or wrong. And a lot of people have questions. People that are on the health and nutrition and kind of general preventative wellness side like myself, but also the Great Barrington Declaration was signed just recently, and it claims to have over 15,000 doctors and scientists, but three in particular, very, very big names saying, hey, we got to get rid of these restrictions. We need herd immunity to take over prior to a vaccine so that we can just protect the people at the highest risk and let everybody else live their lives because too many things are going wrong as collateral damage of the COVID lockdowns. And these are experts. These are people that are well-researched, well-regarded in the industry that are saying what we're doing is wrong. In the UK, in Europe, in America, we're doing it wrong. We need to reassess. Please, please, please listen to us. So even on the medical side and the scientific side, it's, it's a great split of people that believe what's happened has been done correctly and people that believe that it hasn't. If you watch the presidential debate, 
Biden wants to claim that Trump has killed way more people because of the way he handled COVID than Biden would have if he were in office. And I don't want to make this political at all, because for me, it's actually, well, there's a lot of politics involved, but my goal is not to talk about whether Trump saw more deaths than Biden would have, or Biden saw more deaths than Trump would have. I'm fairly confident you right now listening to me already have your mind made up about who you believe on that side of the debate. But the point is, the greater point, this thing, there is no consensus. And we are being taught on a regular basis through the media that there is a consensus. And there isn't. There's plenty of people questioning all of this stuff, including me. Now, that journal report also says that the U.S. is doing worse than almost everywhere else when it comes to COVID-19, which is funny to me because that sounds shocking, or maybe it does. I don't know. I've been doing this long enough that I'm not sure what's shocking to you versus what's shocking to me. I would anticipate that quite a few of you listening aren't shocked that America is doing worse when it comes to excess deaths. But let's talk about how much worse. Researchers defined moderate mortality as 5 to 25 deaths per 100,000 when it comes to COVID-19. High mortality is 25 deaths or more than 25 deaths per 100,000. And in the U.S., we have 71.6 deaths per 100,000 people. So our rate is alarmingly high, I suppose, if high is over 25. And the reason I said that might sound shocking is because we have supposedly the most advanced medical system in the world. We have the best hygiene in the world. Everything from indoor plumbing to sanitation and everything else, it's all here for us in America. While there is a lot of poverty in America, the poverty in America, by and large, is still much cleaner than the poverty in third world nations, right? So we shouldn't be doing this poorly if all that stuff adds up to a better health system. But in America, we have the highest death rate of any first world country first day of childbirth. In other words, a I really said that incorrectly. More children die on the first day of life in America than any other first world country. So our medical system, while being maybe the most advanced, isn't necessarily always the most right or correct in terms of how we're doing things. So I'm not surprised at all that we have 71.6 deaths per 100,000 people, especially when you look at the way that much of this has been handled. It's really, really interesting as we go on. So in the U.S., we have one approach to COVID. And I'm going to simplify it, but I think you can pretty easily agree that this is exactly what's going on. Hide and hope you don't get it, right? Whether you're hiding behind a mask or hiding in your house uh, or social distancing and hoping that you don't get it. We aren't taught any other preventative measures, right? Well, I mean, they talk about sanitizing and washing your hands and whatever, which I don't disagree that washing your hands is a good idea. But we aren't talking about other strategies for prevention at all, at least coming from the CDC, the World Health Organization, and so on. 
If you get COVID in America, you are told to stay home. Unless your oxygen saturation gets below 90, it should be 100, unless it gets below 90, and then if it does, when you literally feel like you're drowning, because if you haven't had oxygen sats below 90, you can't appreciate this. Thank goodness I've never experienced it, but I know people who have, and it is nasty when your oxygen sats get below 90. It's not good. When that happens, get to the ER. When you get to the ER, they will likely put you on a ventilator. And we know now, eight, nine months into this thing, we know now that when you go on a ventilator for COVID-19, you have a 90% chance you will die. That's the approach. Hide. And then if you get it, pray that you don't get sick enough that you have to go to the emergency room. So what are we doing wrong? We've had harsh, draconian restrictions locking down the entire economy. There are multiple businesses that I used to visit that have gone out of business now. Small and large alike. And yet, With that, with the mask wearing, with the social distancing, with this excessive sanitation and all the other stuff that's happening, we have 71 people per 100,000 that are dying from COVID-19 versus what's considered a low number of 5 to 25 or a high number of 25. So we're not doing so hot in America. In fact, they rated us against 15 other countries and we ranked third worst among countries whose populations are over 5 million people. So yeah, not so hot. So what are we doing wrong? Well, let me read another headline to you. 85% of COVID patients in a new study either always or often wore masks compared to 15% who rarely or never wore a mask. Now, that's just people who are infected, not people who've died. They did a, a small study, but an interesting study. And it was the CDC that released this study. The same CDC that Anthony Fauci represents that says we all need to wear a mask, even though Fauci back in March said nobody should be wearing masks. But now they say everybody needs to wear a mask. Masks work. Masks prevent the spread. And yet this study released by the CDC says 85% of people who contracted COVID said that they always or often wear a mask. 71% said always. And if you've walked around whether you wear a mask or not, you will notice that the majority of people out there are wearing masks. That's happening. But is it working? Because only 15% of the people in the study who got sick rarely or never wore a mask. So what does that mean? Well, it's a simple study, but it shows something that I've been wondering about for a long time, that whether you wear a mask or you don't, you seem to be susceptible to COVID infection But technically, it says that you are far more likely to get COVID if you wear a mask. But we don't really know if that's true. It's a small study. 
We don't know how many people always wear a mask or often wear a mask. We only know that in the study, 85% of the sick claimed that they did. And they still got sick. So what's the point? And why might this be the case? Well, this is what we do know about masks. Mark Chengizi. I may have not said that right, and I apologize, Mark. But he's a theoretical cognitive scientist researcher. And he noted that one thing we know from the study is that masks lead to increased rebreathing of expelled carbon dioxide. Significant increase in respiration, increased respiratory rate, and hyperventilation. Increased heart rate, increase in CO2 in the blood, which would then lead to decreased oxygen in the blood. Hypoxemia, which is an abnormal decrease in the partial pressure of oxygen in the arterial blood. General cognitive decline and greater difficulty in psychomotor skills. He also noted that masks increase the risk of injury by impairing sight downward, which is one I'd never thought of. For years, I've been asking the same question of medicine in general, way before COVID came along. Why do we do things, and why are experts suggesting things that we know at the very least have significant side effects before we try things that we know do not. Let me give you a list of examples, again, non-COVID related. D-Manos, which has a 100% rate of success in clinical trials for urinary tract infections caused by E. coli. Why aren't doctors recommending that before resorting to an antibiotic that we know has a lesser chance of killing the infection but a high, high rate of side effects and eventually leading to excessive use of antibiotics, which then lead to superbugs. Why is it that we, don't, we aren't recommended CBD or turmeric for pain before we resort to Tylenol or ibuprofen? We know that Tylenol and ibuprofen combine for somewhere between 15 and 40,000 deaths in America every single year. Nobody's dying from CBD or turmeric. In many cases, people get excellent relief. Why aren't we recommending colloidal silver, vitamin C, and olive leaf extract for sore throats or strep before antibiotics? They can work. They do work. Same can be said about sinus infections. And if they don't, then the antibiotics still there, still available. Why aren't we using CBD, tyrosine, or tryptophan before antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications? Why aren't we using probiotics and enzymes before we resort to PPI drugs, which show that after 10 years, have a 25% increased risk of death from all causes? Yeah, that's from things like Nexium and Prilosec, Omeprazole, and so on. Why aren't doctors recommending fish oil and berberine before they recommend statin drugs, which we know at least 10% of people on statin drugs have significant side effects? Why aren't we recommending berberine or citrulline for blood pressure before we go on blood pressure meds? Why aren't we recommending berberine and cinnamon before blood sugar drugs? Because if it's not an emergent situation, if the natural route fails... You can always go back to the drug. It's there. 
the pharmacy's not going to run out of that antibiotic. Go fill a prescription. But why not try something that won't hurt you, has a proven record of success, before you try a pharmaceutical that has a proven record of side effects and might fix the problem? Because none of it's guaranteed. I mean, no researcher in the world, no expert, including Tony Fauci, including Robert Redfield from the CDC, none of them will tell you that a mask guarantees you won't get COVID. They all know it doesn't. They're saying that it might help. Well, they're saying that it does help. And yet the study they just released this week said that it actually might be worse to wear a mask. But they're doubling down and saying, no, no, that's, yeah, the study said that, but it's a small study. We got to look into it a little further. But none of them say that it works 100%. And nobody will tell you that an antibiotic will always kill a urinary tract infection or a sinus infection or strep throat. And nobody will tell you that a blood pressure drug will always reduce your blood pressure or that a statin drug will always get you into the level of cholesterol that your doctor wishes you get to. They just know that it might, that the studies show that there's a pretty good chance that it will work for you. So if there's also a pretty good chance that something natural will work and yet far less side effects, why not try that route first? To me, it makes a lot of sense. So back to COVID. What are the things that we could be trying besides hiding and washing to prevent COVID? Well, I've been talking about this since March. Vitamin D. A recent study released showed that the single biggest common denominator in COVID patients in America was vitamin D deficiency. There's been questions about the African-American community in America and why they seem to be more susceptible to COVID. And I have yet to see anybody who has a really good answer, but I believe it may have everything to do with vitamin D because the one thing that African-Americans have that Caucasian-Americans don't have is darker skin. And that higher level of pigmentation in the skin makes it harder to make vitamin D from the sun. We know that. That's Nobody denies that at all. So maybe the reason African Americans have a higher rate of infection is simply because they have less vitamin D. Because we know that all Americans infected appear to have lower vitamin D than those who are not infected. And we know that vitamin D is incredibly safe because it's required. Our bodies need it. That's different than a vaccine. That's different than a mask. That's different than social distancing. Our bodies require vitamin D. We have to have it to obtain optimal health and optimal immune response. And yet something that would cost almost nothing, like a dollar or two a month as a supplement per person in America, isn't being suggested at all. I mean, President Trump just ordered 600 million doses of a COVID vaccine that's not even developed yet. And 
for infinitely less money, infinitely less money, he could say, I'm going to order a year's supply of vitamin D for everybody in America. And I'm going to give it to them for free. Just like I'm going to give them that vaccine for free. And let's see if that works. Because we know it won't hurt. And there's really good evidence it might help. But nope, vitamin D isn't entering the conversation at all. How about vitamin C? Well, when China and South Korea were talking about using intravenous vitamin C as a very effective and very safe method to kill COVID, everything on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all of the national news organizations, at least the non-independent news organizations, shut it down, censored it. You can't even find it on Google. You can't find the studies. I can't find them anymore. There were three studies launched in China. I talked about it back in April. And I can't find evidence of those studies at all. Whether they failed, whether they succeeded, whether they were completed or not, I have no idea because it's all been censored. I don't know. What I do know is that Chinese doctors and Korean doctors back in April were saying, we think IV vitamin C is going to work for COVID because it is working in this small sample of people that we're using it on. So why not recommend 1,000 milligrams or two or three or five, all very safe doses of vitamin C for everybody in America to prevent COVID? I don't know. You tell me. Because nobody can patent vitamin C. So if you can't make billions of dollars on it, that might be it. How about just recommending we eat less sugar and get more mobile? Move around a little bit. Get some fresh air and some sunshine. Because we know that oxygenation, oxygenating the lungs is critical with an illness like COVID, which is an illness that attacks the lungs. So we should be recommending more exercise, more fresh air, less restriction of air. Maybe that would work. But we'll never know because they'll never study that. Because nobody makes any money if people get out and walk. How about just stopping spreading the fear? Because we know clinically, without a doubt, that fear decreases immune response. I talked last week on Vitality Radio about how I was attacked and literally assaulted and told, I hope you die by someone who was so scared of COVID that she would rather have me die than not wear a mask. This is a problem. The fear is real. And it's a real problem when it comes to our health and our immune systems. And I feel so sorry for that individual who coughed on me, who essentially, as far as she's concerned, attempted murder. She coughed on me hoping I would die from COVID. Her words, not mine. What would lead somebody to that level of seeming insanity? 
Well, the only thing I can think of is fear. Fear kills. So stop spreading the fear. Maybe if we stop spreading the fear, maybe if the news said, hey, we had this many new cases today, but we had this many new recoveries. But they never talk about the recoveries. They never talk about the fact that only 0.26% of people actually die from COVID. That's great news. That is really, really great news. 0.26%? We only focus on the dead and dying. Spreading the fear. Maybe there is a reason why more Americans are dying from this than anywhere else. But of course, natural remedies, vitamin D, vitamin C, fresh air, exercise, they'll never gain the spotlight and they'll always be belittled and marginalized. Yet what about pharmaceutical cures? Because they're receiving the same exact treatment, real doctors, not alternative people, not people talking about olive leaf extract, people talking about antibiotics and steroid drugs. They're being shut down, censored, brought before medical review boards and fired. Science is never settled, and yet the narrative is 100% that we have no answers for COVID-19 other than a potential theoretical vaccine that may or may not work and may or may not be more dangerous than COVID-19 itself. Evidence that anyone thinking outside of the CDC box is going to be marginalized? You want that evidence? How about Dr. Bartlett from Texas? He may have a cure. I don't know that we'll ever know for sure. Here's an article written by Cheryl Mercedes from KHOU-TV in Houston, near where Dr. Bartlett practices. He's an emergency room physician, Richard Bartlett, and he claims he has a silver bullet in the fight against coronavirus. What does this article start with? Well, the headline says, verify, no, this Texas doctor has not discovered a cure for COVID-19 using inhaled steroids. I want you to hear that one more time. No, this Texas doctor has not discovered a cure for COVID-19 using inhaled steroids. If you don't read further, then you just think, oh, another debunked doctor. Okay, but let's read further. She says, has a Texas doctor discovered a cure for COVID-19? It's a question many people have asked and Verify team, which apparently is the team of fact checkers that works for KHOW in Houston, after watching a video that has gone viral on social media. That's the question they ask. By the way, the video went viral, 5 million views before YouTube took it down. Well, there's your censorship, right? The 30-minute YouTube interview features Texas physician Dr. Richard Bartlett, who claims to have found a cure for COVID-19. The silver bullet is inhaled steroids, Bartlett said. Bartlett claims that he has been successfully treating his COVID-19 patients with the steroid budenicide, or sorry, budesonide, said that wrong. He said, you use a nebulizer machine. It's an asthma medicine. It's a respiratory anti-inflammatory for covid which is a respiratory inflammatory disease, and it works. 100% of my patients are alive, Bartlett said. Now, this article is from back in June. I just recently read an, or heard an interview yesterday on the high wire saying that he's had over 100 people now that he's treated with this 
with 100% success. Well, that seems like at least worthy of looking into. It's not a wacky, off-the-wall herbal remedy. It's a pharmaceutical drug approved by the FDA specifically for reducing inflammation in the respiratory tract, which is where COVID strikes. He claims that Japan, Singapore, and Iceland have lower death rates because they are using inhaled steroids as forms of treatment. He said, guess how many people have died to date during the whole pandemic in Taiwan? Seven, Bartlett said. He said that he's shared his findings with Senator Bob Hall and Senator Ted Cruz from Texas said they've sent the unpublished papers to Senator Cruz's office. So now, here come the fact checkers to see if what Bartlett's saying is true. Did they go interview the people who had survived that were patients of Dr. Bartlett? No, that that wasn't done. They said, we have four sources for this. Dr. Bindu Akanti, Associate Professor of Critical Care Medicine at McGovern Medical School, at the University of Texas Health and attending physician at Memorial Hermann. The CDC, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz's office, and Senator Bob Hall's office. And I won't go through all of this, but I will go through the part that I think is the most important. Dr. Akanti, who they asked, who's just another doctor, right? So they have Dr. Bartlett, Dr. Akanti. He says, I wish it was as simple as that. If it was truly a silver bullet, and if it was truly a simple that truly as simple, we would be using these medications. Okay, (laughs) what does that mean? And why is one physician's word credited as accurate and another physician's word credited as inaccurate when the one physician's actually tried it and it's working? Well, if it was as simple as that, I'm sure we'd be doing it, right? I mean, come on. Well. As far as I'm concerned, that statement discredits Dr. Akanti, but whatever. Then they verified with the CDC. The CDC said there is no known cure for COVID-19. So we can verify that that claim is false. That's how they verified it? Let's dig into this just a little bit because I'm really tired of the blatant lies and misinformation coming from these so-called journalists. You remember, I'm 48 years old. I remember Walter Cronkite and some of these guys. I remember going back and I've watched, you know, movies of stuff that happened in the 50s and 60s where these investigative reporters dug up stuff and found out things. Uh, Aaron Brockovich, you know, things like that, right? That was obviously not in the 50s and 60s, but you get my point. They dig and they dig and they dig until they find the truth. This reporter went to the source the CDC and said, hey, is there a cure for COVID-19? They said, no. She said, oh, okay, thanks. That's the extent of her research. I'll just ask the CDC. They'll tell me. And that's, you know, I mean, that's fine. I'll ask this other doctor what he thinks. And he'll tell me. And that's fine. That's all I need. Let's put this into a sports analogy since I do this show initially on a sports radio station. That's like going to the president of the Michael Jordan fan club and saying, hey, is MJ the greatest of all time? And them saying, yep. 
Okay, great. Thank you. I'll report that. Except there is evidence that MJ may actually be the greatest of all time, where there is no evidence whatsoever that what Dr. Bartlett is saying isn't true. None. Zero. Nobody is funding a study to prove if this inhaled steroid actually works or it doesn't. It's really, really safe. I mean, as drugs go in short-term use through a nebulizer, this steroid is a safe treatment. So why not give it a shot? Why not just humor Dr. Bartlett and me and just see if it doesn't work? Nope. Just gets discredited. Well, what if that same reporter, after visiting the Michael Jordan fan club president, went to the LeBron James fan club president and said, hey, is LeBron the greatest of all time? Well, they would answer yes, right? Then what? Well, uh, let's see. Well, I, okay, well, okay, okay. Well, Jordan was the greatest of all time first. And his fan club president said that he's the greatest, so... I'm going to take his word for it. That works for me. That's good enough. That's that's all the research that I need to do. That's all the investigative journalism that I need to do. I'll just ask the one who seems like the best expert to me. And then I'll report what he says. Forget that LeBron has a lot of proof that he might be the greatest ever. I don't know who you think is the greatest ever, but it's worthy of a debate, isn't it? Right? Can't we talk about all the championships that LeBron's been to, but he's lost a few of them. And all the championships that Jordan went to, and he won them all. So does that make Jordan better? Or is the fact that LeBron has been to more championships make him better? It's worthy of a debate. So why aren't we debating it? Because we're not talking about the greatest basketball player of all time. We're talking about life and death. And there's no debate. This inhaled steroid simply doesn't work because the CDC says there's no cure for COVID-19. So here we have many experts in the field of medicine on a variety of levels. One is actually curing COVID and claims to have cured over 100 cases within a couple of days with early treatment and very safe measures. And we have the frontline doctors saying that they have found a cure too, and all of them combined have used the cure for thousands of people between them. And then we have the CDC, who has changed their story almost daily throughout this pandemic, and they say there is no cure. So who do we believe? Well, guess what? We don't have to believe one or the other because there's no proof that either of them are right. We have to test it out with something called science to figure out if any of them are right. And guess what? The CDC, for who knows what reason, tested out their own theory that masks are working and basically disproved it just this week. So Cheryl Mercedes from KHOU, you should be ashamed of yourself 
This constant fake fact-checking is so disingenuous. It is the opposite of science, the opposite of research, the opposite of journalism, and the absolute death of truth and discovery. When did all of this shift? Do you remember prior to COVID, we'd see billboards and TV commercials and hear radio commercials and celebrities saying, hey, here's the pink ribbon. Remember, remember breast cancer. Get checked. Early detection equals a higher odds of survival because early detection leads to early treatment, right? And we used to see these hearts, early detection of heart disease. And if you're over 50, early detection through colonoscopy so that you can nip that in the bud before it kills you. And yet with COVID, we have three options. Sanitize, hide, and pray for a vaccine. When did it shift? Why did it shift? Modern medicine has been doing it this way for years. And they've told us it's the right way to go. Go get detected. Well, they're doing that with COVID. We're testing everybody. So we're detecting it, but then we're not treating it. Unless you're almost dead already, you're not getting treated. And if somebody comes up with a treatment, they're ridiculed, censored, marginalized, and in many cases, fired. None of what I'm telling you is my opinion. This is all fact. You can form your own opinion about it. And I certainly have formed mine. And my opinion is this. We can. We can actually think as a community, as a country, as a world. We can think critically and come up with solutions that actually make sense instead of the so-called solutions that apparently are killing in America at least 133,000 people excess this year because of lockdown, because of fear, because of people not being detected for other illnesses, because we're only focused on one, and so on, and so on, and so on. So please, if you do nothing else with the information I've delivered to you, just look into it. Dig around a little bit. Don't take anyone's word for it. Mine, Dr. Bartlett, the CDC, the frontline doctors, the people behind the great Barrington Declaration, they all have different opinions, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't. But at least we have room for debate. And the only way science ever works is if we test the theories and see if they hold up. I'm going to cut to a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to hit a couple of highlights on some things that I am having fantastic results with in the natural world when it comes to helping people with their health. And I believe I'll have some information you'll really appreciate. When I come back, I'm Jared St. Clair. This is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been 
recommended by a blog or online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns, naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662, that's 801-292-6662, or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com, that's info at vitalityradiopod.com. All right, welcome back to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and if you like a good rant, well, I just gave you 48 minutes of one, uh, so I only have a few minutes left, but I think that that information is really valuable, and I hope it made you think, if you already aren't convinced, let's say, that one side of this thing is right and one is wrong, then use that information and do your research and figure it out. If you're already convinced, then you know what I would say? Maybe just pull back a little bit from that conviction and do some research anyway, because once you become convicted, once you become convinced of one thing, oftentimes it's really hard to see the stuff that's right in front of your face. And that happens on both sides of this thing. So let's open our minds. Let's think critically. Let's love one another. Let's recognize that we all have our predispositions and we just need to recognize that nobody knows everything there is to know about health, nutrition, fitness, vaccines, medicine, treatments, viruses, and so on and so forth. Science is a moving target. And whenever we say we know, we're saying too much. Okay, in the last few minutes that I have, I want to highlight something because I had a very loyal listener to the show and a great customer at Vitality Nutrition say, hey, this stuff has changed my husband's life and you need to talk about it more often. I brought it up earlier. It's berberine. Berberine, a natural compound found in multiple plants, about five main plants, a golden seal being one of them, is amazing. In a combination of trials that ended up as a meta-analysis where they take a bunch of different studies and put them all together and say, okay, this is what it really means. And I talked about this in detail on a previous episode of uh, Vitality Radio, and I should have looked up in advance and I didn't, but I think it's episode 27 or somewhere in there in the podcast that I talked about berberine. But if you want to listen about this, 
if, if it anything I say in the next couple minutes is interesting to you, you've got to hear that podcast because it's deep with the information. Berberine, basically what they proved is that a compared to medications for blood sugar, diabetes, blood pressure or hypertension, and cholesterol was as effective or more than the main drugs prescribed to fight those three things. Now, when we think bigger about this, we step back from COVID a little bit and think about what was happening prior to that. Heart disease was number one, and it still is. The number one killer in America on a regular basis, heart disease. Diabetes leads to heart disease. A lot of people believe cholesterol does. I'm still unconvinced. And blood pressure certainly is a problem for heart disease. So if we can fight cholesterol, blood sugar issues, high blood sugar, and blood pressure with berberine, naturally, very, very safely, and more effectively, or at least as effectively as the drugs, boom, there's a natural cure that we need to talk about. Because we have people on a regular basis that are struggling, even with the pharmaceuticals, to get their blood pressure under control, even with the pharmaceuticals to get their cholesterol where they want it, even with pharmaceuticals to keep their blood sugar balanced. And yet berberine shows massive promise. And in the studies, it has shown that it seems to be safe with those medications. So you can actually start using it with the medications. Now, I'm not your doctor or your pharmacist. So please don't take my word for it on that. That's important. Ask your pharmacist, who generally is going to know a lot more about drugs than your doctor does. Sorry, doctor. But it's true. Ask your pharmacist and say, hey, I'm on this drug. Can I use berberine? And see what he says or she says. And do a little research and see what you think before you do it. And of course, monitor. You know, it's easy to monitor blood sugar. It's easy to monitor blood pressure. Not so much with cholesterol, but the other two are easy. And monitor them and see if anything's happening that seems unsafe and obviously make adjustments if so. But the research is pretty strong. And as I said, science has never settled. We'll learn more about berberine as we go. But the early results are in, and not just from one study, from at least 27 studies that are published as a meta-analysis on PubMed, the CDC's own medical website, saying that berberine is incredibly effective for these three things. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, Three of the biggest things that lead to heart disease in America, berberine works really, really well. And the results, since I first started talking about that, which I'm going to say was all the way back in like February or March, I can't remember exactly, but it's been a long time now. I can't believe the results that I'm hearing. Incredibly positive from the people who listen to Vitality Radio and have given berberine a shot. You do have to make sure you get a good one. The one that I've had the best success with is called Natural Factors. That's the brand. And they have clinically uh, been tested by a third party to show that exactly what they say is in their capsule is in their capsule and the product works. I've seen it for myself. Amazing stuff. I was going to share another one with you, but I've run out of time. I've got to go. Thank you so much for listening to Vitality Radio. I hope it was helpful. If you have questions about what you hear, call us, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. As I said, don't take my word for it. 
go figure it out for yourself and know that these are my thoughts. I hope they've been helpful to you. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody about Vitality Radio. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.